Can you think of a time? If, if you're a mother, I can assume some things about what you might say about having childbirth or infants. I don't know of any parents of small children who do not say that they are tired. Have, have you ever set as a goal that you would climb a 14er and then accomplish that? And you get back to your vehicle, the trailhead, and I know this, that you are as tired as you perhaps have ever been. Or maybe you've been putting something off for a long time. As mundane as cleaning the garage or as serious as doing your taxes. But after having finished that which you had put off and you had that sense of being tired. Whether it's childhood or climbing a 14er or, or doing your taxes or cleaning the garage and, and having the feeling of being tired, that feeling is not at all what Jesus is talking about here. See, we use the word tired interchangeably with something else. I'm going to probably more often today use the word weary. You see, if you think about when you climbed that 14 or you finished that job or you had that baby, in the midst of your tired, you felt as alive as you've ever felt. You, You felt fulfilled. This word, this offer of rest, is an interesting word, right? Like, we we find it early in our story. Because it says, after six days, what did God do? Yeah, he rested, right? And and was it like, you know, was it the stress of trying to figure out what to do with an armadillo? Like, what are we going to do? Like, every animal has to eat another animal, but, so I'll make a shell that's really hard, but I'll make the belly soft. And, and he makes some animals, like turtles, incredibly slow, and some animals, like rabbits, incredibly... Like, how did he figure all that out? Was it trying to figure out how all the parts fit, and he was just beat, and he couldn't do it anymore? So after six days, I quit! I cannot, and let's not even get me started on people. That's a whole nother story. It says that he accomplished all that he had intended. He finished. He, this maybe is too small a word, but he fulfilled. And he rested. Often in the Bible, you, you see this idea that Jesus is inviting us into rest into a life, I think what he's saying, that is purposeful, meaningful. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary. What does he mean? Let me see if I can give you a couple of ways to think about that. How many of you would say that you live with unusually high expectations yeah no matter how hard you try you always had the sense you could have done just a little better a nagging feeling that 
you're disappointing somebody. What about loneliness? Are you lonely? Do you have a message that plays over and over inside that says there's something wrong with me and that's why people won't come close? What about grief or deep, deep sadness? I keep in my file at home a letter. It's about six years old now. It was written to me just a few hours before a friend of mine died. It was her apology. We spent a lot of time together and um, she struggled with lots of stuff. But in her letter, before she ended her life, she said, I'm tired. I'm weary. I mean, we, th- th- this list could, is, is, could be fairly long. What about, what about finances? What, what about, about the, crushing, the crushing debt maybe you feel or fear? What about just raising children and the anxiety that sometimes we, we carry about them? The weariness that Jesus is talking about, I think, can be expressed like this. I can't keep living like this. I can't keep living like this. Before I go on, I'd I'd like for you to close your eyes for just a moment. I'd like to reread just this first part of the verse. It's not gonna, I'm not going to connect with everybody, but maybe some of us can begin to experience in a new way this very familiar phrase. Come to me, all of you who live with crushing expectations. Come to me, those of you who are trying so hard to make everybody around you happy. Come to me, those of you who are so lonely. Come to me, those of you who are so sad. Come to me, those of you who are so scared. Come to me, those of you who no longer really want to live. And I will give you rest. I think perhaps I had confused the word tired with the word weary. I think I had confused a transaction with the transformation. Jesus says it like this. Come to me, all you who are weary or labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. I, I think I had heard the passage somehow more like this. Come to me, those of you who are tired, and if you, you just back up your dump truck of fatigue and unload it, beep, 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 let it slide all off on me, and I'll take care of it, and you just go about your way. That's what I kind of had always heard. And I think that's what some people, when they say, man, I, I tried, it doesn't work. Like, I dumped up all my fatigue, I gave it to Jesus, and nothing happened. I, and this is a confession. I had never noticed this one little verb in here. I don't know what I had seen before, but almost all translations have pretty much the same verb. And it's this one. Learn from me. See, I thought I was just going to go dumping on him. Be done. Hey, it's all on you, Jesus. Good luck. And Jesus said something a little different. You're going to learn from me. See, a learn is a completely different concept. Learn, I know for sure, implies at least two important things. One, I know for sure it implies some form of relationship. And I know that it implies time. Hey, who taught you how to drive? Now, that's a, I know it's a, it's a risky question because some of you might not have such, you know, great, like, did anybody learn to drive from a yeller? Did you learn to drive? Because I'm trying to make, yeah, yeah there's some, yeah. Or, so, or, or the white-knuckle terrified parent, perhaps. Yes, yes, the, the one that, you know, you were more worried for them. Than the, you know, so I'm not saying this is a perfect illustration, but it's, it, there's something about the process of learning how to drive that is similar to what Jesus is inviting us into. It, it has some of the same imagery. Somebody sitting right next to me. And in my story, there is not a yeller in place. So just, I'm, I'm sorry for those of you who had that. But there, there is someone who is doing something with me. Not for me. Not to me. But with me. Transformation is dependent, I think, on that word, with it's a very different word. I remember the first night my daughter got her learner's permit. Now, I used to speak at camps all over the place, and usually they were in some godforsaken place, and the kids would often come with me. And a lot of times I would take them out on these country roads and put them in my lap, and then we would, we would fill the afternoon with letting them drive for hours. So they actually had pretty good skill with driving. They had driven quite a bit. But it was the first time Carla had driven at night. And I was sitting next to her. And when I don't think I was yelling. A good, a good, I think I was being very patient. And I remember exactly where we were. We were on bowls just west, uh, or just east of Kipling. We stopped at a red light. And bam! We got rear-ended. Now my daughter 
is completely coming unglued. This is my, like, I don't have a lot of these moments. I'm going to just tell you right now, I hit it out of the park on this one. Like, I was such a good parrot. <laughs> because I, like, I can still remember her, her head yanking at me, ready for me to get really mad at her for doing something wrong. Like, I, she knew in Intuitively, she had somehow screwed up because the car just got wrecked. She just wrecked the car. I looked at her and said, babe, you did nothing wrong. And it was amazing. I could, I mean, that's very terrifying for any, it's terrifying for me, and I'm almost 60 years old. I hate when a policeman pulls me over. My heart is pounding. I just think for sure I'm going to, I don't know, be locked away forever. I don't know why I get such panic. But she's 16 years old, and I'm right there with her, and I'm just talking her through it. We just pull over to the side. Somebody, I don't know what they were doing, looking at their purse or something. And it was just an accident. I could, I was, I, it doesn't happen often. I don't have a lot of these. I was so calm. But here, here, I was with her. I was with her. She learned by this combination of experience and my presence, my relationship, how to drive. See, I think we are transformed by Christ. And I've often maybe thought more that we made transactions with Jesus. But what makes Jesus such a great teacher? Now, I don't mean to speak, you know, I don't mean to speak ill of our Savior, but he's not good at marketing. Like, he has very bad, I don't know who his marketing people are, but they, they got to up their game. I mean, like, pretend this is Jesus Craigslist ad. Hey, come to me, those of you who are weary and heavy laden, tired. Come to me. Why me? Because I am, I'm so strong, I'm super heroic, I can do all things, I, I breathe the world into existence. Does he, no, he doesn't lead with that. You know, what does he say about himself? Come to me, I'm humble, gentle, lowly. Not very, like, well, that's not very inspiring. I wanted a fixer. Ah, see, Jesus knows. Have you, ever, have you ever had that experience where perhaps in a small group you took the risk to share some of your weariness? Maybe, maybe you said out loud, I'm, I'm lonely, or I'm scared, or I'm stressed. And then you left with a thousand things you were supposed to do. Like all the advice just came pouring in. All the, well, have you tried? And you did not feel lighter, but in fact you felt even more burdened than you were before. Now I, I want to be careful. I don't, I, I want to always honor a person's intention. I think the people we love and people care about us and we, we share something and they get scared and they just want to give us good advice. They care. But almost never is unsolicited advice very helpful. It just can make life harder. What makes Jesus the one who, 
who we should trust with weariness. It's because he's not going to make it worse. He's not going to come from, from a place of uh, some attitude of superiority, even though, isn't that weird? He's Jesus. Like if anybody could go, hey, have you tried? Look at what I did. But the Bible has this story that Jesus entered into our world. It says that he knows, and not knows intellectually, but experienced exactly what it's like to be a person who is weary and no longer wants to live. That's what he does. And here's the big difference. See, I think the enemy almost always whispers something that goes like this. In our loneliness, our weariness, our fear, he will say something like this. You need to go blank. Or you should go blank. We hear that tape all the time. That whole list of should, we get should all over us. I think Jesus says this. We will work on this. We will do this together. Jesus does not give me a manual on how to drive in the snow and hope it works out well. Jesus drives in the snow with me he is transforming us. He's not making deals with us. I wonder, as I think about this um, passage, I wonder if I confused, I don't know what the word is, maybe it's like admiration, or awe or something with trust. Jesus says this, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. I mean, for sure, the yoke, if it is symbolic of anything, it has to be symbolic of being with, right? I, I wonder if my hesitation has been that I would want to admire a Savior who can do something for me more than I'm willing to trust a savior to do it with me. Now, I'm not saying that there's never a time when Jesus, I think Jesus does do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves, but he does that for us and with us. Jesus goes to the cross for me, but then doesn't he invite me to the cross with him? Religion, I think religion is primarily slanted and created to help you become a person 
who does not need to trust a savior. I don't think Jesus is religious. I think that's what got, part of what got Jesus into so much trouble. He wasn't religious. He was a savior. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Peter and I were chatting, Peter has this imagination that the yoke is another way to say the cross. There's some similarities both in the physicality of the two and in the function of the two. And I think the burden that Jesus is speaking to, I think is the burden of trust. When life is hard, and we don't really want to live that much. I think our instinct is we have to figure it out. And in fact, religion would say you need to go get it figured out, and when you've gotten it figured out, then the God that you have chosen to worship will accept you. But our Savior is lowly and gentle and humble. And he says, I'll go with you. And we'll figure it out. Let's pray together. There's not many things I say I know for sure. But here's one. I know that the, the, the crush of not wanting to live is often rooted to shame. And I know of all the things we may have differences in, that shame is a common human story. So I'm just wondering if, while you thought maybe it was finances or fear or loneliness, I'm wondering, is it shame? Father, I pray that you would empower us by your spirit to be courageous enough to trust the lowly and gentle and also approachable Jesus. Father, we're scared. We're wired. We're, we, we're so familiar with just trying harder we're so familiar with just trying to do better. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. We, we recreate this story that Jesus, that Jesus started for us in a different way. It was the Passover, but... Jesus gave it a new story, this idea of the, some people you might call it communion or the Lord's Supper or Eucharist. This idea that Jesus is with us. It's a matter of so with us that, that this story is us honestly ingesting him. That's how with us he is. 
He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take it and eat it. And this is my blood which is shed for you. It's the, the, it's the new covenant. Drink it. Jesus said, I am, will never leave you or forsake you. So we invite you to take the bread and the cup today. There is, um, juice will be in the white cup, and there's also a juice and gluten-free option of bread and communion on my right here. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.